everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Litecoin Underground Podcast. Well, hey, um, it's May 16th, 2022, and we have had an eventful couple of weeks in the crypto world. Um, obviously, for Litecoiners, last Tuesday, MWeb got locked in uh, for by the mining, and um, this Thursday, the 19th, we're going to get Mimblewimble capabilities in our core wallets, which is a very exciting time. I mean, this is a a foundational change, and I think a very big shift um, in Litecoin's favor. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's been a long time coming, and it's so great to finally see. I actually did an interview last Monday, which you can find on YouTube, with uh, Tara Anison. She had written an article about Mimblewimble, and so we kind of walked through, um, you know, some of the basics of it, tried to explain how it worked, and um, I would highly recommend you check it out. And, you know, if you're not following me on YouTube, you're not subscribed over there, obviously, uh, I appreciate, I'm just getting started over there, so any followers are appreciated. Um, And I'm also working on another interview, hopefully with David Burkett. I'm not sure if that'll be like a Twitter Spaces or if that'll be uh, a YouTube video or if it'll just be an audio podcast. Um, not really sure. So hopefully we get to see that, and then that'll give us even more understanding once we can see see MWeb and use it, um, get an understanding of you know what the potential is. I think that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, and I'd be kind of silly to not mention this last week. Um, I almost want to just make sure we remember this time because last week uh, Terra Luna the coin LUNA Luna and the UST stablecoin uh, collapsed like completely disappeared and so I want to put this out there because I'm just wondering if in a few years someone's going to listen to this again and and um, if I can convey the absolute just craziness that was that happened, you know, Terra Luna was a coin that was 90 bucks, 110 bucks over the course of the last few weeks. And within two days, it was zero. It was under, under a 10th of a penny. I mean, it it just absolutely turned to nothing. And it's so wild. There was a lot that happened that made that happen. It was a issue with their stable coin. They had made some miscalculations and somebody exploited the, the system and essentially, Anybody who held it just got rid of it, and like I said, it became nothing. And they started they started printing um, trillions of coins. Like the supply was something like three hundred million, and three days later, the supply was six trillion plus and growing. And so, um, I mean, they're trying to they're trying to act as if there's some sort of fix they're going to put in, but I I don't know how anybody would ever trust this that system again. Which is a you know a notch in the belt for um, you know Litecoin has never had uh, downtime in its entire existence. One of its strongest um, things is that we don't ever have a downtime, and I think that's that's a really important thing to know. We've never had to roll back the chain. We've never had to shut down the chain. We've never had you know double spends or any sort of uh, fraud on the network, and I think that's really important that uh, it works. It just works, right? So most importantly, though, <clears throat> there were a couple, I've been, I've had a couple weeks of spaces and, and a lot of times in these spaces, a topic will emerge or I try to bring somebody in to talk about a particular topic and maybe we do an hour as a group talking about that one issue or that one topic and it makes for a good podcast. I'm able to go in and kind of cut out, you know, just take an excerpt out of our Twitter spaces and post it. And it's a podcast and it's great, right? Um, <laughs> makes my job easy when that happens. But um, sometimes that's not the case. And we kind of have these conversations that flow from one topic to the next, or I don't ever really know what's going to be talked about. And I think this is one of those weeks. My intention was um, I'm, I'm a big, I'm, I've become a very big supporter of Dogecoin. Um, if you don't know, uh, Dogecoin is merge mined with Litecoin, meaning when you mine Litecoin, uh, you are rewarded with Dogecoin. Like Dogecoin doesn't have its own uh, 
focused miners for just Dogecoin. In order to get Dogecoin, you have to mer you have to mine Litecoin, and you'll get Dogecoin as a reward. <clears throat> and um, so it's always been kind of like there's been this natural reason for us to be partners, so to speak, or to be in each other's corner. And I just don't think we've fostered that enough. But we've been working on it. If you listen to our spaces, we've been working on it. In the last couple weeks, there were a couple interesting events. So the creator of Dogecoin, oh man, Shibatoshi, I think he goes by. Uh, he, or Billy M2K, I think is his uh, handle. And he was, was followed by Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos follows like 74 people, and he's one of them, the creator of Dogecoin. And uh, somewhere in the conversation or one of the threads that this same week, you know, this guy, Billy M2K, also made a point to shout out to Litecoin. Like, hey, Litecoin saved Dogecoin. Let's never forget, right? We're partners in a way. And Charlie Lee, creator of Litecoin, added the little Dogecoin to his profile on Twitter. So, like, clearly this alliance that has been there but haven't really talked about it I think we're all, we're both communities are recognizing, hey, there's a reason for us to be more united and understand that, hey, we may not, I don't own any Dogecoin personally, but I'm all for those guys. I think it's a great community, um, and anything that's good for Dogecoin is good for Litecoin. So with that in mind, I've been trying to foster some relationships, and I had a couple Dogecoin guys come in the other, uh, last week, I think it was, or two weeks ago, and... Um, I wanted to say, hey, let's like, you know, in a fun way, let's make this relationship official, right? And um, that was the attempt here. And you're going to hear in this episode, it starts off with like that. And then we just take a left field into NFTs. Uh, Arno, who came in, who's a Dogecoiner, had taken, I think he took issue with one of the previous comments, like before this, before the recording you're going to hear. And he wants to talk about NFTs. So then we end up talking about NFTs for about an hour. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like we talk about NFTs a lot. They're confusing. They're not. Um, they don't always make a lot of sense as far as the values of them right now. But anyway, you can hear it. Just listen to it. I mean, it's a. I thought it was an interesting conversation. So this isn't, again, one where I had some sort of focused. But you get a good feel for what these spaces are so if you ever want to come into the spaces on wednesdays at 9 p.m on twitter please follow me and go listen to them and if you don't get to listen to them live if you can't hear them at 9 p.m on wednesday uh i always record them so you can go onto my profile find where that twitter space is and the whole thing is on there recorded for you to replay so don't feel like you missed out and you can't listen to it okay so um I think that's all I got. That was a lot. A lot of, I talked a lot in the pre, pre uh, show here, but just a lot to cover. It's just been a lot going on, and so I'm excited. Uh, by the time you hear me next week, we're gonna have MWeb, and we're all gonna be trying it out, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. So, okay. Oh yeah, as you guys always know, right? Cake Wallet is the official wallet of the Litecoin Underground Podcast. It's an open source, non custodial wallet for Litecoin, Bitcoin, and Monero. And you can buy Litecoin right in the wallet with no limits at all. And you can even exchange in between cryptocurrencies within the wallet. Those guys have always been really good to us. So please go support Cake Wallet and uh, check them out. You can go to cakewallet.com or you go to the App Store or uh, Google Play Store or whatever the Android thing is. So uh, thanks for always listening, guys. And I hope you enjoy the show. Have a great week. Hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna change I'm gonna change pace here. I got uh, Arno. Why don't you come up here, man? I asked Arno to come in because uh, he's a Doge coiner. I got Naked Nick. Where, where 2024. Are wait, wait. 2024 presidential candidate Naked Nick. Another Doge coiner in here. I need to. Um, we need to talk about Doge. Because even Charlie today, man, I said this to uh, Master. Uh, Charlie talking about Dogecoin the last couple days. And I, I'm, I, I feel like I, 
we need to ask each other on a date. We need to make it official. You need to wear my letterman's jacket, Arno. <laughs> we're officially dating, okay? Litecoin and Dogecoin are officially, we're officially. Whoa, official. whoa, whoa, not so fast. Let's grab a coffee first. <laughs> you know, I mean. As long as you don't call him Cock Rocket. <laughs> oh, trust me, that will not happen. Hi, everyone. How are you all? I was thinking, we got that picture of like the Litecoin chicken riding the rocket into outer space, you know? Um, Rockets like, are awesome. I think the idea of having having Dogecoin in the having the Doge inside the spaceship and the chicken riding the thing, I kind of like that. Well, here's the thing. Um, first of all, Dogecoin is all about inclusion, so we would be chicken and uh, Doge in the rocket. After all, Star Starship is being made to house like you know hundreds of people in there, so. Obviously, it's not just for like certain people. It's for you know anyone who can you know make the trip. So you know, or we can both ride it if we like ride, riding rockets, such as what was it, come rocket or something? You guys, <laughs> cock rocket. Yeah, uh, there you go. Fabio's in the audience. He said today the ship could be called Apollo eighty four, right? So like eighty four million Litecoin. And that Apollo has pollo in it, right? Spanish for chicken. It's perfect. And then Dogecoin is, yeah, riding in the rocket or we're both riding together, whatever. Who's driving? That's the question. AI. What? Did you say AI? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Elon Musk. <laughs> Uh, look, uh, I do kind of want to brush. Like you guys are talking about NFTs, and yeah. I, I understand. I, I see. I see what your perspective, um, and it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but I do think that there's certain stuff that you know we may be sleeping on. Yeah, I think Ar- NFT- Arno, Arno, let me be clear here. I don't hate all NFTs. I don't think that they're like inherently bad. And actually, I was trying to get Miss Teen. I. Miss Tina and I are going to have a conversation. I'm going to interview her, but I want to learn a lot more about NFTs. But there are a lot of them that are, there's a lot of bullshit going on there. Well, yeah, undoubtedly so. I mean, right now we're in the, in the gold rush uh, kind of moment where everybody's kind of jumping on it. You know, they want to find that, you know, the, you know, the nice little stash. Uh, and some do. Um, but it's, it's typical human behavior. Um, I know that with more maturity, um, things will kind of get a little bit more clear. You'll get uh, different uses that will make it worth to short your, e- uh, you know, to, to sell, to, to give up your ETH. I guess, um, I guess put it this way. When the speculation dies, that to me, it becomes kind of fun. like, I'd see like paying artists buying people's art. That's cool. Like the artists well, themselves get that, but the whole idea I'm going to buy it and I'm waiting for someone else to buy it from me when it gets more expensive. But that's what we, look, our primal, simple level of, I mean, come on, it's humans, you know, we are greed and whatnot, and it's fine. I'm not against it. I think people wanting to make a buck is fine, but NFTs can be so much more than a picture or uh, or a piece of art. They can be. So much more. We're just harnessing them. This is the low, lowest hanging fruit right now. Everybody's just jumping on it because it's like the first step. Um, but with an NFT, for instance, you know, I make some NFTs and it's it's a different concept. I'm not trying to get people in. I create a piece of art um, and I just put it out there. And it doesn't just contain the JPEG or the music that it goes. But in the description has like, let's say, okay, you also granted um, um, licensing, uh, shared licensing, right? So basically, if you manage to get that uh, music on your, like somebody to want to pay you to play it on their commercial, let's say McDonald's says, okay, I want to, that music sounds great. Um, can we use it? And you, as the owner of the NFT, you say, yeah. And then you collect the money because it's part of the deal. You buy not just the picture, but certain rights, for instance. Or, 
It could be, you know, I mean, imagine contracts and tickets and things that are of value. If I really want to go see that artist live because this NFT gets me a backstage pass, I'm going to spend that and I'm going to see it because and I get the NFT as a token of like unique whatever experience. Hell yeah. I know. So it's all about yeah, the function. Are we having our first, are we in our first relationship disagreement? Is that what's going on here? Are we fighting? No, <laughs> no. We're discussing. Hey, uh, Arno, but a lot of those, because the same narrative happened in 2017 with ICOs with like, uh, you know, people were talking about putting different types of contracts like house deeds on a blockchain, but like, all of those types of contractual arrangements require some type of political enforcement, right? Like if you're going to have a licensing agreement, you need somebody to enforce that contract. Like I could just copy your music and publish it wherever. And there's no repercussions unless you have somebody, you know, going to enforce some law or use violence that, against you. That's not difficult at all, honestly, because if you, you know, you can download the NFT and put it out there but you will get a cease and desist letter. And I have the NFT, it's timestamped, and it says, hey, this is an original piece of work, and I have it here, it's one of one. I have a, like a legal receipt that I own this thing. What do you have? And that's that, you know, he's- You better have a lawyer. He's right in, in this sense, why Litecoin. If I go on like live television, and I sing a song, and I've never copyrighted my song before, and then someone hears it and goes, that's amazing. I'm going to go copyright it. And I can prove that, no, 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 no. I sang this song and they heard this before they made the copyright. And I can you prove were that. first. Yeah, you do get, that is actually, you do have legal precedent for that. Okay. Like, first, is it, I think it's first is it, legal. It's well, a legal all right. term. All right. <laughs> but what if the, the blockchain doesn't work? The network is down. Zero. Done. If OpenSea is down, yeah, OpenSea is centralized. Well, but if, yeah, I mean, OpenSea. If C, you get to the point, is down, with what is down, is, well, C, if it is decentralized, down. it won't be down. That's why OmniLife. It, it was uh, actually, it was actually like kind of fucked up a few months ago. Look, if they're it doing some down. sort of a update, upgrade, I know they're moving to proof of. Well, they're supposedly moving to proof of stake um and i know they're doing things they induced the london fork that introduced certain burning mechanisms and stuff so if it was during a moment where they were doing a a fork or something i understand for it to be down that's typical for any blockchain but you know that usually lasts what a couple hours a day uh the court case you don't know that you don't actually know that because maybe it can be up again how do you prove that that piece of artwork, uh, whatever it is, how do, how do you, you, how do you take down? How do you take down an entire decentralized network? Hacking it. How do you hack an entire decentralized network? They are they are they are making bugs, making a lot of changes, bugs. Okay, um, every every network is possible to go down. Well, I mean, yeah, we could also, um, you know, get hit by an asteroid and stuff, I'm sure. I don't know. There's one swinging by in the few years. It's really close. I'm not not trying to argue with you. I'm just just asking how is it going to work if one of the networks... Because I'm I'm not talking about Ethereum specifically. Solana or whatever, right? Okay. If they they go down, how, how do you prove that that is yours? Well, here's the thing. Um, well, okay. One thing would be to print, like, let's say, if you're concerned about the network going down, you can always print, like, pull up the the hash and print up dates and everything. Um, I guess in that way, you'll have proof and that person still won't unless they falsify. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I just, I just never understood like you can yeah i guess you can have proof that you are the first one to create some unique art or whatever but 
it's always like you have to coordinate and work with a centralized government to enforce it. That, that's the contradiction. Like, why why not just use the current DMCA stuff that they they've been employing to you know cut back on copyright issues? I just don't see the efficiency gains or um like the real long term value of something like this. I guess. Right. Well. In the case of copyright issues through the you know typical channels, you still end up in court, right? I mean, technically, this just takes you. This is, of course, you don't have to deal with imagine, centralized. Imagine the judge. It, it, imagine the judge seeing the hash uh, signature. I, I don't see a problem with it because if you point out. Hey, this is this, this is that, and if you're, you know, concerned, let's say about, um, you know, the network going down, you can print out, you know, the picture itself, all the information, and it's verifiable. Experts can be called in to verify it. The judge, th this is evidence. I mean, even though the judge doesn't understand it, you'll get your, you know, um, experts to come in and testify and explain it. Is, yeah. is, there, is there ever right, a listen, possibility guys. of like an inflation bug like on the NFT? I, I, maybe inflation isn't the right word, but, you know, essentially it's one on one and we're trusting the 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 uh, software or, or, or mechanism, the, the, the contract to say, hey, this is one on one. But is, is it is it I mean, I would imagine it's possible that that can get. um uh, well, someone can like, download it and mint it, remint it, basically. But you still have the uh, timestamp stuff. Kanye, go ahead. But I mean, <laughs> Meta, Meta Kermit, real quick. Um, that that see that argument is the same thing someone would say about Litecoin. Yeah, but you but you no. got but you got eyes. You got a lot more eyes on the network. It's it's a proven network that's been around for. Right, you know, on many certain nodes, you have nodes, you have nodes, some of these places do have nodes. But Kanye, go ahead. Yeah, I just to throw in my two cents, I'm really on the side of Arno with this. I mean, I, I even even though it doesn't feel like it because we had this huge NFT bubble and we still have remnants of this NFT bubble, we are so early in nfts i mean we haven't even started um you know just imagine five years from now ten years from now everybody is going to have hundreds if not thousands of nfts on their phone right like you're going that's how you're going to get them and these are just these are just images let alone music and, and other kinds of media that could be on the blockchain eventually once it scales like like, you know, that's the way that companies are going to give you coupons, the way you're going to buy tickets for things. Uh, so many, we're going to have so many NFTs. So I think the trick these days is sort of identifying which ones are going to be historic or have some kind of historic value. But also, to because they're so early, they're basically just JPEGs, they're going to be so much richer in the future. But I, I think to uh, what, um, to what, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's it. Arno? Oh, all right. In, indigo. And I, I'll, go ahead, Indigo. Go ahead. Yeah, I also wanted to say that I agree with Arnott here. Um, the way that I see it is that this acts as a notary and uh, it's a more efficient notary. Uh, essentially, you can prove with timestamps and signatures that things are moving from one person to another and the blockchain acts as a notary. Um, so, yeah, we live in a society and we're not going to get rid of courts. We're not going to get rid of having to deal with anything like we have to deal with now. It's just another medium, so to speak. Yes. Take, yes. So I, like I said earlier, the speculative part of it, I think has ruined the understanding of the technology. So when I, when I talked about, um, Hey, let's, let, let's say we do a Litecoin underground party. We're going to have Litecoin summit. And we say, I don't know, Saturday night at such and such a place. If you want a ticket, buy these NFTs. You can buy them, and then when you show up, I scan you. I see that you valid you validly bought the ticket. That's it. Like I don't have to go through any sort of centralized 
entity to create the tickets. I don't need any way of verifying that you have an actual ticket that you didn't, you know, fraudulently print one in your basement or something, right? So, like, that's a QR code, though. I get that, but the fact I could do it independently, I don't need a centralized agency to do that, is pretty fucking wild. It's not just a QR code, also, because I could copy a QR code, I could copy your QR code, but at the same time, when I show up and I show and I sign it, that's the key thing about this, is that you can sign and send a transaction saying that I own it, not just with the QR code. Right. It's like there's there's no doubt that that has that has use case. But the question is it like I said, the speculative part is where you're just like, this makes no fucking sense. But I don't want to blend the two, I guess. I don't want, I don't want to get the two mixed up. Yeah, the thing that's really confusing to me is like, sure, it can work for natively digital stuff. Like, like that's why Litecoin and Bitcoin work. They only know what's going on within their own system. But like, if you start mixing it with real world items, so maybe it works for tickets and uh, things that you can create that are natively digital. But again, like, I don't know. It's like if I if I found some artist's music and I wanted to just say I owned it and I created an NFT and then I say I claim ownership, that that gets confusing to me. Like I could just yeah, find you people. Own, you don't own the song. All you own is that uh, NFT. So, for example, a, a song is issued and there's 100 uh, NFT. It's, it's issued as 100 NFTs, right? You, you can still listen to that song in other ways, but that that those 100 NFTs minted have a collectible value in and of themselves. You don't own copyright, but you do own that NFT as some historic moment. Now, maybe that's valueless. And I think music is one of those areas that's still getting figured out. But but there is a distinction between owning the the copyright of the complete intellectual property versus owning the NFT. Yeah, for sure. I, one, I get that. I... One could argue that, um, let's say, the creator of the entity, the artist, can include that in the terms and say, hey, with this entity, whoever owns this NFT has full copyrights and everything, right? So I just sell the rights with it. So now what? Yeah, but how you do, know? like, what if somebody steals my music that I hadn't released as an NFT and then they do that with my stuff? Like say, oh, the the person who owns this NFT on the have, song, but I didn't actually make it. Did you copyright it, or do you have proof that of is it of its no, existence? It's like, well, I could just take like some random artist music that maybe isn't heard of that, like that's not publicly known, and just say it's mine on the blockchain. Well, if you're if you're okay with exposing yourself to a legal liability and acting in a um, you know, immoral or whatever unethical way. That's 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 your choice. We live in a in a society where you can do stuff like that. And that's just but, straight up fraud. Just to say yeah. that's straight up yeah. fraud. So yeah, no, my point isn't my point isn't that it's so. my yeah, yeah, exactly. No, my point is that it's not like fraud proof. It's not like proof of ownership. You, you it's exactly proof of ownership. It proves that you're the owner. And if you no, it doesn't because I'm not the owner. I'm just saying I am right. Like. I, I didn't create the music. I just stole it. it I don't think it's any different from the traditional. It wouldn't stand up. It'd be the same as if you went and you know used took a cassette recorder back in the eighties because I'm old enough for it. Listened to a live show, recorded, it, and took it to the radio station and said, "I want to sell you my my music." The same thing. You're just stealing somebody's and representing it as if it's your own. Yeah, for sure. So, like, how does blockchain solve that problem? It, it doesn't. Is my point. No, Look, well, it's not, no, I don't think that's what they're trying to solve. Oh, they were, no, well, no, we're talking we about copyright. Yeah. Blockchain is not trying to solve, uh, you know, the problem of people wanting to be just bad behavior, you know, to have bad we, behavior. What we were saying, the it, it proves ownership, right? It, do, it doesn't. That's my point. We were saying it proves ownership, it, and I'm just saying it, that it doesn't. Well, I think that's a that's a good opinion to have if you like, but I... Like, for Litecoin and Bitcoin, you can prove you own the coins. Like, no... Because this the thing is internal to the system itself. It's like the idea of supply chain on the blockchain, right? It always required some external thing, right? And humans act, acting in the external world, you know, can violate trust. They can lie. They can do whatever, right? 
same with music, same with anything. Um, but they can't do it with the money that's natively on the chain. Okay, but here, so here's an analogy. Okay, here's an analogy. Okay, let's. There are people out there that believe Bitcoin isn't money. Okay, they think it's whatever made up, right? But you can prove that you own the Bitcoin token that is in your wallet, right? Now, if, what that token refers to as money. People can argue, is it money? Is it not money? Whatever, right? Same thing with a non-fungible non -fungible token. I can prove that I own that non-fungible token. I can't prove the marketplace or whatever sort of decides, well, not even that. I can't prove that I own what that non-fungible token refers to, right? But I can prove that I own that token in the same way that I can prove that I own a Bitcoin token or a Litecoin token. Yeah, exactly. No, that's 100% what I'm agreeing, saying. But like we were talking about copyright and issues um, with like notaries and proving ownership of things. You can't. We still need that. You still need that level for enforcement, correct? Well, this, what you're saying is the same thing as saying like, hey, your, uh, your deed for your land. Well, you can't, that doesn't prove anything. It's just no, a piece it does, of paper. I can you're create, using, hold it's on. It's issued by a government, on. right? Okay, can I? Okay, fine. Governments protect property rights, right? Like states are the ones that protect your property. You pay property taxes. They issue the deed. So, like, they're the ones um, protecting that. In a blockchain, it's it's not the same case, right? Like, it's this decentralized system um, that doesn't know Why anything not? that's going on Why in the real world. Like with this... OmniLight, for example, I can include data. And I can include that data that says that, for example, I own this piece of properties. And I don't know, I'm just trying to like... Because there's no piece authority of, to enforce on, that you own it. Okay, no well, I enforce it, But there could be, and there are, like, legal... There is legal precedent to actually say that this is a contract. This is a contract between you and me saying that this is a sale for a house, for example. And it's done using OmniLight, for example. Right? That's a contract. Any written piece of paper in agreement is a contract. That's it. That's all it is. A, a, a handshake is a, a handshake's a contract. Exactly. Exactly. Legally. It's legally binding. So that's the whole point of this is that it is legally binding in that same sense. So yeah. yes, it's not in the same formality as a written out deed, but it, it still is legally binding in that same sense. Yes, you're going to have to rely on a court just like you would with the deed. If I were to sign the deed and then later on say, no, I didn't sign that deed, we're going to have to go to court just like the same yeah, way. Yeah, we're so have to so go listen, to why like this? Why like wait? There aren't like uh, template government contracts that exist, right? There's not a lot of times many like rent agreements and agreements of sales of cars and all sorts of things are just literally like written on a note. Somebody going, Hey, you know, I paid $5,000 for this Honda Accord. That's that happens all the freaking time. Some sort of receipt and a permission to give ownership away or you're signing the title away. Now, that's an actual, an actual thing, but. There's a lot of times there was not that going on, right? And so no, it's just it's just that you are not doing that work. Somebody else is right. No, they but... they're just building a template. They just created a template, <laughs> yeah. and two people who don't know each other can come to an agreement on something in this while in this digital world across you, borders, you... across the entire world. They don't need to know each other or me, in the same jurisdiction as each other. To me, your your only uh, proof. A simple transaction. That's your only proof. Because the blockchain does exactly that. Records a single transaction. That's your only proof. Yeah. But that I, private, don't I don't know that if, private if you can key prove is anything. Your, man. That's like saying that? If you, that your, the private key is in your possession. Yeah. So it's like if a safe exists in the ether and one of you holds the key and the other one doesn't hold the key, you assume the guy who holds the key is the owner. That's how the law works, right? Whatever. Possession is no, not I can send right? you I can send you an NFT without uh, without you knowing it. But how would you send it to me? You can you, send you it, address. but that yeah. doesn't that's irrelevant. That's the the thing. Then you're the owner of that NFT, so well, how do you how do you prosecute a NIF? Right. So? Hey, by the way, Clint is being very patient. Clint Westwood, yeah, go sorry. ahead. Man. Right on. 
Yeah, I didn't want to chime in and get all crazy, but there's a lot of stuff going on here. Hey, the first thing all I want to do is like you know bond the Doge and like hey, communities, and Arno starts bringing up NFTs and shit hit the fan. Brother, we're just trying to get along here. We're just you know, <laughs> hey, it's not me against you; it's us against them. That's what we're here for, right? I mean, that's what it all comes down to. <laughs> Holy cow. You got a lot. I'm making notes. I'm like, all right, I didn't sign on for all this stuff. You know, I just want sound money for the digital age. You know, I'm here for the Litecoin. You know, but. Lawyers. I'm, I'm telling you, brother. No, hey, first, first of all, I just want to thank you. I, you know, you're like one of, I can count on less than, you know, the, the six fingers, uh, or I'm sorry, the five fingers that I have um, on one hand who I actually have notifications on for Twitter. You're one of them, Litecoin Underground. Oh, I appreciate because every every time you make you make a comment, you know, I want to know what you got to say because, you know, you got a lot of good stuff to say. So I follow you all the time. I haven't been in the chat here for the last few weeks. I got a lot going on, but, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking out for you and following you and trying to do what I can because you're doing great things. I just want to say that. I mean, I appreciate you for what you're doing. I really do. Thanks. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, hey, man, Mimble Wimble. You know, we've got, what, May 19th? That's when it's going to be fully in gear. Uh, we are locked in. That's a big deal. We're going to have confidential transactions. Uh, we know what we have with Litecoin. A lot of us resonate with that. That's why we've been called to that. It is uh, it is sound money for the digital age. All right. want to get, a, get that out there. When you were talking about the cassette, the cassette tape, you know, recording something off a radio. You know, I used to do that back in the old school, waiting for that song to come on, and I record oh. that. Okay, so I was in grade. It was Ice Ice Baby. Uh, you missed the beginning <laughs> of it because the damn the damn DJ's still talking. You know, and Eye of the Tiger comes on, and you missed the first part. And, you know, it's very frustrating. You know, it is what it is. You know, but but you make that tape and you play it back, and and you get to enjoy that. You know, you get to enjoy it by playing it back on your little you know flip up cassette tape player. You know, a tape deck that you can plug the microphone into and and make yeah. recordings. But it's it's one of those things to where you can still enjoy it. You know, do you have ownership of it? No, you don't. But you can still enjoy it. And that's the way I look at artwork. You can still enjoy it, even if you don't own it. You still get the appreciation for it. So, I mean, those people who own it, those are the people who want to have possession of it. And if you have possession of it, you kind of want to have it in your house. Or you kind of want to have it in a location to where you can go show somebody at a party, hey, come in this back room, let me unvault this, and uh, let's take a look at this. Let's have a cigar, you know, and have, a, have some whiskey, and let's take a look at this piece of artwork that I have. And you can get that experience by looking at it. With the NFTs, I mean, you know, I struggle with this um, because I see a lot of benefit from NFTs, and really all it comes down to is a non-fungible token. It's a unique item. It's not interchangeable. That's all fungibility is. It's interchangeable. So it's non-fungible, it's not interchangeable, it's unique. So if you have, you know, one of a hundred, and it's the same thing, if you have one of one, doesn't matter. All that is is a marker on the blockchain that says, hey, I've got some sort of ownership over this item. The thing is, it's not stored on the blockchain. It's got to be stored somewhere, and that's a big problem, I think, with these NFTs. If you've got a piece of art that's unique, where is that housed? Because at some point in this digital age, when we have digital walls in our home and we bring that nice looking lady home and we say, hey, come look at my one of one NFT. I'm going to put this on my wall, put this on my TV and bring it up. Where do you bring it up at? Where do you pull it up at off a of blockchain? Where do you pull it off a third-party server that happens to be housing it that might be down at the time? That's kind of a buzzkill. That kind of ruins the evening. You know what I mean? It's not like having it hang on your wall and having possession of it. You're depending upon somebody to have that artwork and house it for you because it is not stored in the blockchain. Your right of ownership might be stored in the blockchain, but that actual image, that actual song might not be there. So that mixtape might actually be a better thing to have in your possession because you can actually enjoy it. That's a problem that I do have, and that's a struggle that we have to come up with and there, you know, figure out. There are a lot of blockchains that want to solve that problem, store those images, store those audio files, store those things, that data, that big data on a blockchain. Litecoin ain't going to do it. Bitcoin's not going to do it. Ethereum's not going to do it. Something else has to happen. But as of right now, all you're doing is buying a pointer to an item. That's all you're doing. Right. And so you really don't have access to that item when you really want it. And that's a problematic to me. Um, but you could, but you, you know, even if you could take 
possess like I do like the idea that you could take possession and download on your own computer. That's oh, cool. you can, but so can everybody else. Just well, that mixtape, in your brother. That's cool. yeah, okay, well, fine, whatever. You know what I'm saying? If I can enjoy it and not have to pay for it, I'm good with that. And some people <laughs> want that privilege of saying that, oh, guess what? Look, I've got this on the blockchain. That's mine. The thing is, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You don't have the Mona Lisa hanging in your house. You might have a copy of it, a representation of it that looks exactly the same. Maybe that's good enough. And yeah. I think that's good enough for yeah, me. They like ever to each their own, you know? Yeah, right. absolutely. Arno and then Indigo. You guys have been very patient. Thank you. What's up, Arno? Indigo was first. I think you should go first. Indigo. But Arno, why did you got to bring this up? I was trying to, you know. I appreciate it. I thought, I appreciate I thought we were going to, uh, what do you call it? What's the uh, consummate the relationship? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know what? Okay, here. I have one condition. Uh, I will consummate the relationship, but I need I need naked Nick to be in the room with us because he he's left. in the way. No, he's right here. Oh, have him come up. Yeah, Dude, he's I'm got a way about him. Arno, did I tell you you were in this space with that Hope guy in uh, Sugar Tits or whatever his name was? I was laughing so hard, you guys. It was in the middle of my work day. And these guys, I just was in tears. I was I can't even describe what was going on in this room. But these two guys were so funny. Like their comedy, they need to be they need to have some sort of comedy show. I was just laughing so goddamn hard. But anyway. Uh all right, hang on. Is this uh Indigo? Was... Yeah, but I'm trying to find Nick. Why isn't Nick coming up? Uh, he's he's chilling. He's chilling. But okay, so the deal is what keeps what keeps us going back is basically the fun. The fun. Anyway, yeah, Indigo. Yeah, sorry. Trying. Indigo the fun, then why yeah, and then naked yeah, the Nick fun, will make his appearance and the fun is there. Make it happen. What's up, Indigo? So I was actually just quickly say I, I pretty much agree with Clint for the most part. Um with regards to storage and ownership and wanting to have it in your own possession. The only thing I'll say, though, is that there are solutions out there like IPFS that would allow you to allow it to be stored and decentralized and over a distributed number of nodes or computers. And stuff like that could actually, I mean, even you yourself could run it and then essentially pin it. You'll still be referencing the same ID uh, as if it were somewhere else. So um, that's my thing I really want to add. But I, I agree for the most part with what Clint has to say. All right, why? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think to kind of summarize, like our point of disagreement, and maybe we don't actually disagree. We're just talking past each other. But my whole point was that, you know, property rights are, are inherently local and they're inherently political. And, you know, like anytime you attach uh, something on a blockchain, say a token, to something outside of it, it's it's not enforceable um unless you have some other government to to enforce it and i think of these blockchains kind of like online governments right like bitcoin has these 21 million tokens or what 18 million plus circulating and uh everyone knows who owns what right because we can all verify these things and we transfer them back and forth without permission um but with uh, with NFTs, like yeah, it it's it's a cool idea, um, and kind of like Kanye was saying, like you you can know and prove anything that's going on within the the system itself, but it has little ties to the real world. Like you know, your local jurisdiction will override whatever the blockchain says, um, and that 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 will sort of have precedence over. Or, you know, ownership of something outside the system. But as the world becomes more digital, don't people want to look good and look cool in the metaverse, right? In in the digital world. And you can instantly prove that you own something when you're showing it off in the digital world. Yeah, I think when we get into that point, I'll agree with you there. Like maybe in five, 10 years when everyone's hanging out in the metaverse um, and we have these digital items that can't be copied then it might make sense. But again, like, I don't know that. Isn't, do isn't, prevent... Twitter's already a metaverse. Yeah. We're not consumed by it, but it's its own world. Yeah. But then it's like, Twitter's the company that owns everything on it. And we're just kind of users. Right. So I don't, fair, fair enough. I, 
I never understood how, so like Facebook, if, if they were to acquire like billions of people and they were the dominant metaverse platform, they wouldn't recognize any of the blockchain stuff. They wouldn't care. They would issue their own internal items and they'd have control over them. And they probably wouldn't violate trust. It's like in video games, right? Like, you know, League of Legends was really popular. People paid like thousands of dollars for these unique skins because there were only 30 of them. But it was always up to the company whether or not to inflate the supply of those or, or not. Like, I don't see how a blockchain ever interoperates with any of those types of systems. It's it's like two competing political jurisdictions where like one saying, yes, I own this unique one of one item. And the other one saying, no, we're going to ignore that. We We actually control, you know, this this local digital space, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Arno, go ahead. Well, actually, let uh, breaking crypto news, if you have something to say, and then Arno, you can, I guess, reply. I feel like I'm mediating a debate about monkey pictures. <laughs> you know, um, I, I was just going to add, you know, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I think there are a lot of good use cases um, for NFTs, so I, I've seen something in the in the Ethereum space called an asset-backed NFT. So you can actually stake value into it, and uh, and uh, and then that NFT becomes something that you can you can you know you can leverage uh, a loan against it. You can transfer it because because it's a, it's an NFT. Um, I think there are uh, real world applications, you know, with real estate songs and movies, there's a project that I'm familiar with and they built a, a smart contract platform, um, for the movie and music industries. And, uh, and it's interesting, but, but one of the big problems I, I see with a lot of these NFT projects where they're project based, um, you know, stuff that I'm familiar with is they, they have to create another token for the project right and so you end up you end up buying this thing and then it then there's the ability to manipulate it and and it's like i i think that's you know a space where you know litecoin um can add some value um to what i'm seeing um you know in the uh, in the ethereum based nft space right now um, I've seen, uh, collaboration NFTs, access NFTs, I think we were talking about, but it would be interesting. Um, I think probably, uh, you know, maybe something down the road is, is a privacy based NFT, you know, via MWeb, uh, who knows, but, uh, but it's interesting that the thing I find interesting, you know, just seeing what's going on, um, it's like, why why do we need an nft to save kittens or dolphins i think there's a lot of bullshit you know applications where you know we just solve problems without you know without creating an nft um you know where you're just trying to take people's money from them yeah, I'm just saying there are just a bunch right. of use cases. And also just want to quickly interrupt and say you guys need to put the MWeb uh, icon emojis into your names. Oh, yeah, there's something I want to talk about. But all right, well, let, hang on. Well, you know, actually, Mike M came up. What do you guys say, Mike? And then Arno, you can finish this off, and I'm done talking about NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we we one, last, one last thing to add. Um, I really like the conversation, guys. Um, one of the... Uh, uh, uses for NFTs that I found really interesting um, was actually to prevent uh, or cut back on counterfeiting, you know, like a company like Gucci kid, when they sell their, you know, their purses or whatever the hell they sell to, uh, to stores, like when you buy it, you actually get an NFT to verify and you can trace it back to the company's like wallet and say, this is authentic. So that way, you, you know, when you buy a purse or you buy whatever and you can pick any brand or any item, like if it doesn't have that NFT, you might necessarily not want to buy it. So then the counterfeiting goes down for a lot of those uh, a lot of those brands, a lot of those items, because it's like, yeah, it might be real. But if I don't have the authentic, non-fungible, one of a kind token that I can trace back to the maker, then it's not going to have as much value. 
Yeah, but Mike, Mike, Mike. Before Mike says, hold on. Oh, guys, oh, guys, one at a time, one at a time. Why, may I hold Before you say that, there's the, you know, crossing the digital versus the meat space argument. Um, there's a couple other use cases that I think is pretty interesting. Gift cards for one. And then also what underground lunch are tickets. And yes, it does cross the meat space and having to be enforced by society. But, you know, the interesting software as a service type uh, services that can be built on top of this. Okay. Yeah. You know, that may make sense. I just, I was just thinking, um, like I was involved in buying like used pianos for a while. Like I really wanted to verify the authenticity and like I was buying a Steinway piano used and you know, the cool thing about Steinway is they, they have all their model numbers, you know, engraved <coughs> into the piano. Um, and I can look up online posted by their website, uh, what's authentic, you know, and what's not by that specific barcode and model number. Um, so I don't see why you need a blockchain. Like you can just have them publish something on their centralized website that you know and trust and say, you know, these model numbers are you are the are the ones we've actually made and you can look it up look it up and verify without going through all the extra costs of putting it on a public chain. So Sure, but is isn't like, that more like convenience, though? The argument of like convenience and something that is more accessible, something you can carry with you instead of like, all right, now I got to, you know, I, I got to track down this yeah. certain company and this like it'll just be on your wallet. You have the blockchain. It's verified. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it's boom, more, it makes it easier, more, right? I think it's more expensive for them over time if everyone starts using it, right? Know, have, well, te the technology will catch up. It's going to be cheap i mean it's just going to continue the price is going to continue to go down right i mean right now it's not feasible obviously because of you know gas fees but you know yeah. you think about it in the future though yeah, and at the end of the day none of this has anything to do with making the price of the blockchain that houses that nft go up <laughs> you know what i'm saying some of the speculative stuff about you know the holder of solana doesn't gain value by gucci using their blockchain to Post a, post a QR code, you know? Yeah, and they would just, why they just make their own blockchain and save yeah, on Yeah, I, like, I would agree with that. And they probably will. They'll just. But then it's just the same as a centralized server. So <laughs> and you don't need a token. And like, to me, I think you can verify things way cheaper and easier just by, you know, putting a, a little tag with a code on it that, that says, you know, go, go match this on our website. And th these are all the unique identifiers for every purse or whatever we've made. So yeah. Yeah. But know. once the transaction happens on the network, it exists forever. Right. I mean, you can, uh, anyone can access that forever. Like you don't have to rely on a, like a company having to like, what if your piano company like went under and they don't, you know what I mean? It's like mm. that it, if it's on the blockchain, it's there forever. Like you, people will be able to find it as long as the internet doesn't go down. You know what he's, I mean? He's got you there. Why like coin? I, I, I hear that argument. Well, I don't know. It, it depends. Like, I don't know. Will Ethereum be around <laughs> for as long as some of these legacy institutions? I don't know. Like that. If I had a, what's, argument, the, but... what's the violin? Was the people make the violins was the famous one. Uh, I can't remember what you're talking about. But the... Dang it. But yeah. You know, Stradivarius. Five, Stradivarius. It's 500 years old. And uh, what if, what if uh, their their records are no longer being kept, right? I, yeah, I, I got this. I kind of like that this. example. That's a good example. For sure. Well, I'm a really smart guy, and I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm <kidding. laughs> well done. Welcome hey, and I just wanted to say real quick, and I'll cut off. Um, if Since, this is truly the meeting of like Litecoin and Dogecoin, and this is going to be a non-fungible moment, I think someone <laughs> should actually make an NFT of this moment, and that way it'll exist forever, and we can we can always and we can argue about who wants to own it. But yeah, that's, that's just just uh, I think that'd be fun. Well, I'm, the only, one, you guys want I'm the only one recording it in two places. Hey, on the ground. I'm gonna hey, take underground. possession of it. <laughs> hey, well, what about the privacy? In all these things that you guys are talking about, deeds and all, all, all this stuff. What about the privacy, not the whole thing? Like the like the fact NFTs are private. They're not. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, more so than a deed, don't you think? Yeah, you're not KYC'd when you own an NFT. Well, of course you are. What are you talking about? 
That why, you, that's you, why that's why all this money laundering is going on with these big ape. You don't need KYC because you you're going in front of everybody as you're saying this is mine. <laughs> no, no, not for an NFT. I've never. I mean, I've never even had any interaction with NFT. The thing that you can, can track, the thing that you can track everything that what what everybody did. I don't think it's a good thing. Or Gucci or whatever. It's just hype. Yeah, you're not you're not putting the actual deed and your private information on the blockchain. You know what I mean? You, it's just like a, a it's an attachment. It's the actual you do. coin. But you, you don't do. have to. Is what you I'm actually saying. Do. Like, but for the Gucci, the Gucci thing is about saying like they're just validating the authenticity. Yeah, you could do the same their... thing for deeds and private documents and, and stuff like that. Like you don't you don't have to throw all your private stuff on there. You can just have like this document. All right, we need the supporting provable NFT that goes along with it. I, I do think the QR code is a collectible is a weakness of NFTs. The QR code needs to go to like an RFID embedded thing if it's ever going to become truly like legit. But all right, see, I already look at Arno already left. He no longer is willing to make this relationship happen. <laughs> My bad. Here, I'm going to bring Naked Nick up. Apparently, he's the one that has to validate the relationship here. But uh, no, I you know, I think I I don't want us to sound like no coiners in you know 2013 right now. We got yeah. there's a lot to go. I get what you're saying, White Litecoin. I definitely have my skepticism about a lot, like a lot of the stuff that's happening. But the ability, like in this, whether it's going to be Web three or a way to valid validate authenticity in a digital way that's what satoshi did create right yeah 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 for sure and like enforceability is different enforceability enforceability is different than validating authenticity for sure and you can only validate authenticity and my main point is you like you can only validate that for the things that are native to that chain Anything outside of it, it doesn't know what it is. It's like you're attaching it to it. You're saying it's this is attached to real estate or whatever, but the blockchain can't like know that, right? It's still some agreement that's actually political, and I, I just don't see the benefits of. Right. Okay. So if we're talking about like, I'm like when people go, "Oh, we're going to put your house deed on NFT." That's where I go. Well, I don't understand that. That makes no sense to me because there's already there's already a system for that, right? I get that part, but there's certainly smaller transactions, peer-to-peer stuff um, that people can do that isn't easy to do today. Potentially. I I don't know. It's like the gaming thing doesn't even make sense to me either because any company creating the game, they control the entire environment of, of the game. And so you're not going to create unique items for that game with a chain. Unless they launch their own chain, but they wouldn't need to. They just have their own database that keeps track of it. It's much more efficient, anyways. So I don't. It might make sense for some things like tickets, maybe. But you make me laugh. Like you're the you're the devil's advocate all the time, which makes yeah, me but laugh you. this this thing happened in 2017. The same thing, uh, the same the same exact ideas to were pretty prevalent back then, um. And I, I bought into it a lot, too, and then I thought about it quite a bit, and I thought it didn't make sense. Maybe there are some, yeah, niche cases, but the vast majority, you know, just don't make any sense to me. Right. Maybe I will agree with you there. Now, there was something you said today I, had, I laughed at was somebody made some grandiose statement about, I think, like, almost like a religious-like statement about Bitcoin. You said... It's just a money. <laughs> yes. Well, this, that guy, people get carried away. They're like, this is I know, you just, the American just... dream. Bitcoin is the American dream. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, it's just money, dude. Like, basically. Like, all right, Clint, go ahead. You got your hand up. Yeah, you were talking about house deeds on the blockchain. I think, or, or in NFTs, it's a little bit different. Um, an NFT, first of all, all it is, it's a token. 
I mean, that's all it is. I mean, you, you know, there are, you can call it a coin, you know, there's 70 million Litecoin mined out right now, 84 million can be possible. All kinds of tokens on the Ethereum blockchain, all NFT is, it's a token, um, a fixed amount based on whatever you want it to be. As far as a house deed, I think, I think that's a great benefit if you can store that on the blockchain somewhere. And I think about World War II Germany, you know, bombed out. How do you prove what you own after everything's destroyed? The courthouses are blown up. All the paper documents are gone. I think it's a great thing to be able to have your deed or have that ownership on a blockchain somewhere. Now, here's the thing, though. In reality, where do you put that on the blockchain? So I've got a PDF of my deed. Where do I store that? And on what blockchain? Yeah, well, I think that's an interesting point, too, because I was actually going to use that as an example. So, yeah, in Germany, it gets bombed shit and some other government takes over. Are they going to honor your... your no. <laughs> no. They're not, they're not, they're I don't just... know about that. I don't... I don't what, why, why not, though? But why trust government? That's why we're in crypto, right? I mean, why are we trusting government to 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 do these things? I mean, why are we trusting government with money? We don't. That's why we're in Litecoin. I mean, so why do we trust government to maintain our ownership, our proof of ownership? But we do. And if that courthouse goes up and up in flames, and there's and you don't have the documentation, you know, where is it? And if you can't prove it, you know, the people that come in and roll in after the fact. They're going to say, well, guess what? You can't prove ownership. F you. I think, I think you guys just, this, I hear what you're saying, but I, I think there's a difference in what they're, tr- what these things are trying to create. Like there's a, these are fun pictures or it's like a video game. And like, if you get abandoned, you know, if your country gets blown up and you're like, you're not going to be like, ah, oh, damn it. I wish I had that skin from that video game. Like, no one's going to give a shit about that. No one's fighting you on that. No one's going to argue with you when you go and log back into your account somewhere else. It's still going to be there. I get what you're saying. Like, I I totally understand what you guys are saying. And I just think it's a lot more about fun. And it's not this dramatic, I guess, is what I, what I think is. But, yeah, and issue. also, it seems like you guys are arguing, like, it's the end-all, be-all. Like, like people who who think that, or if you have an F- NFT that proves the ownership and it solves everything, like that's the argument. It's like, that's not the argument. What it is, it's like, it's a supporting asset that helps you trace things and that can't be replicated. Like, let's say, you know, the Beatles uh, Butcher album, right? They only made like, what, 10,000 of those. So let's say the original company puts out 10,000 FTs, right? NFTs. You can't make any more. They're completely original and they're completely there. If you go to buy an album from a collector, they don't have that NFT. It might be real, it might not be, right? But if they have that in conjunction, it helps with the authenticity of it, right? It helps you trace it. So it, it's it's not absolute 100% proof. It just, it's it's more evidence, right? It, it helps trace it. So it's not, no one's saying like, oh, I have this entity, so I own everything, and this is the law, and they have to respect that. It's like, no, but it's it's supporting, it's supporting your rights to something, and it's, 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 it's supporting the fact that it's authenticated. It's like getting a, a ball from Babe Ruth and it has authenticated signature thing on it. Just imagine that, but an NFT that you can trace forever on a blockchain. Like to me, that's a ton of benefit. Yeah. And like, if you are like, take that example, Babe Ruth's you, if someone came up to you and said, Hey, I want to say this baseball, this is Babe Ruth's signature. And they didn't have a certificate of authenticity. You're going to be like, I don't know. I'm not paying for it, but if they had a digital picture and they said, look, here's the tracing of it from back to its origins, you're going to trust it more. My two cents, like I I tend to agree with why Litecoin on this topic in that I just don't feel like it's necessary where like it could be done a lot easier, a lot more efficiently without the blockchain. However, I don't know if you've listened to like Gary V talk about, nfts because he's like all gung-ho about it and right his take is like i feel like he, his mindset isn't really i guess i don't know for sure it i don't think it's really that it's necessary like for the blockchain aspect of verifying and decentralization it kind of sounds like he's really into it because he thinks that 
the younger generation, no matter what, whether it's necessary or not, is going to want to communicate through the use of NFTs. And like influencers are going to want to communicate with their fans through NFTs. And that's why whether blockchain wise, it makes sense, it's going to be used. Yeah, I just don't get it. Like, okay, let's hypothetically think through the situation. (laughs) Babe Ruth signs a ball and he gives it to some kid and they want to put it on a blockchain. Okay, so what what proves the linkability to that real world item? Is it like some? What what if you get on on Babe Babe Ruth's digital signature and he put it on a particular blockchain and minted it as the only one? Yeah, and you can trace it back to, and let's say, instead of Babe Ruth, you can say uh, a, a company's official wallet that they've produced and say, this is our wallet, so you know where, you know, that you can trace your NFT back to and you know that it's, that this is where it came from. You know what I mean? Like, that would be different than someone just, all right, this is the NFT, I'm just going to create it out of nowhere. It's like, oh no, I can trace this back and to a, to a wallet, and then I can verify that wallet with the actual company. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of like it. Still doesn't make sense to me at all. Like, <laughs> well, either okay, way, okay. So I don't. Okay, prove identity I, that I, it I, was know, him I, somehow. I really don't know why we keep talking about this. <laughs> it just feels like we're talking in circles. Okay, okay. We're not going to convince you. It's okay. And okay, I'm not, yeah, and I'm, not, fine, I'm not 100 sold on it. I just think it's early. And I'm not dismissing it. It ain't going away. I'll tell you that. So. Yeah, there, there's some. There's some. <laughs> there's a ton of hot garbage. I I said that a couple weeks ago. There's a lot of money laundering going on. There's a lot of bullshit going on, but I don't want that to invalidate the entire space. There's a lot of money laundering going on in Bitcoin. It doesn't invalidate Bitcoin. Hey guys, thanks for listening. That's the end of the show. Um, I realize I haven't been putting like an outro at all <clears throat> for these over the last few weeks. So um, yeah, I hope you found that interesting. Um, again, come into the spaces if you have time. I think they're really uh, interesting and would usually generate some pretty good conversation and uh yeah thanks as always for listening and uh keep stacking those litecoin all right bye